Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of the Dairy Edge, Tom Fallon considers how we can win the second half of the lactation by continuing to work with cows, promoting high health and welfare standards, which will ultimately lead to greater farm profit. You know, farmers work very hard for the first part of the year, like in terms of calving cows and getting them back in calf. But we kind of maybe neglect the second half of the year. And, you know, this is the time of the year really when we can influence cow body condition score and, um, you know, really set ourselves up for the following year. It might seem quite a, a, a distance away, but it is it is important. And, uh, you know, in ter- the problems can arise very quickly from this time of the year uh, as well in terms of lameness and that. So I think farmers need to be just under guard, as it were. And w- we would be highly aware and the listeners would be aware that, you know, lameness is one of the key factors as to why cows are culled off farm every year. Looking to the second half of the year, what are the main contributing factors to lameness as you see it, Tom? We have to uh, recognise that cows have done a lot of work. They've done a lot of walking like over the last uh, six or seven months. Um, you know, and uh, and most farms, they'll be walking even further now because the, the grazing area is extended maybe into silage aftermath and so forth. Um, the cows are becoming heavier. Um, but I think the real trigger really in, is a change in, in, in weather because, um, you know, cows are fine when it's nice and dry, the hoofs are dry and they're hard. But when the weather changes and it gets wet, um, all of a sudden then um, the cow's feet are in, in, in wet, the hooves absorb moisture like, and they, they become soft. So they're much more prone to injury when, when this happens. Looking to, um, I guess, being proactive and preventing incidents of lameness, um, you know, what would you see as proactive measures that farmers can implement? What I'd look at really is, is to kind of critically examine where the cows are walking. Um, just say, for instance, I was on a farm in Wicklow yesterday and um, we were walking out in, in a passageway, an open passageway, which was being scraped uh, by an automatic scraper. But the farmer actually slipped a small bit and he told us, I was with the advisor, to mind ourselves. But if we, if the ground is, the surface is slippy uh, to us, like it's also slippy to cows. So like, um, you know, we, most places have got rain now in the last few days. So what was dry um, and maybe a little bit dirty has now become kind of greasy and slippy. So it's an opportunity maybe to clean up those areas so that the footing is a bit a bit better. So and if there is, you know, long term issues in terms of um, the concrete has become too smooth, maybe to look at grooving. Um, so that's that's one area to, to examine, you know, pressure points around the yard, maybe where the roadway is joining the concrete path or joining the collecting yard, that can be kind of pinch, a pinch point like where maybe stones are being dragged up onto concrete. And that's um, a real no-no in terms of cow's hooves because, you know, if they walk on a stone, like there's no give in the concrete and the stone is pressed pressed up into the, into the hoof, like so. Um, and even small stones, like we'd see them in maybe white Lyme disease, where the, the, the small stones get kind of embedded into hoof. 
and um, and that can start off just um, you know that the cow isn't walking correctly, but it can lead lead then to lameness for further down the line. So um, so really then like I think um, you know for farmers to do a mobility score of the whole herd just to kind of systematically look at all the cows and how they're standing and how they're walking, ideally on, on concrete, because that's where the issues will, will show up. And um, if they're to do that, maybe once a month and the next two months are critical, like I think August and September. And, um, you know, as an incentive, I was kind of thinking that maybe to get in a neighbor, a neighbor farm, a neighboring farmer or a friend just to come in, because if, if, all of us are used to looking at our own animals. Maybe it's um, we, we we don't see things that maybe uh, somebody else will see. So to get somebody else in to milk and um, maybe get yourself and a friend to look at the whole herd systematically. A, f- a few follow-on points or questions for you, Tom. Um, I, I suppose really really interesting what you say. You know, the farmer telling you to watch out in a slippy area, or even I guess where farmers are being selective as to where they're stepping themselves. As you say, it's it's the exact same for the cow as it is for the farmer. You mentioned mobility scoring, Tom. Um, I suppose could you briefly explain um how to mobility score and what is the range um, from, say, a good cow to a lame cow uh, on, on a mobility score scale? There is um, uh, details of the scoring available on, online from, you know, the Agriculture and Horticulture Development Board in, in the UK. So the range goes from, from naught to, to three. So uh, zero would, would be perfect. Um, and then um, one is... Uh, where a cow shows some um, imperfect mobility and then tree is kind of seriously um, immobile. So tree would be really, you'd be nursing those cows in from the paddock like, um, so that's that's, that's very seriously lame. Um, So like, so really it's, it's, um, you know, it's a way of kind of button figures onto something maybe that you'd have an idea that, you certainly would know the cows are very lame, but then the, the real um, benefit is got from identifying the cows that are getting lame. Maybe they've got a stone trapped in their hooves uh, recently and they're just beginning to show um, so, some impairment in movement. But like if you can relieve, relieve or release that stone, like um, you're saving yourself a, a lot of money down the line and saving the cow from going, going lame. And I, I guess ideally cows are at zero, Tom. W- would you see in a, a herd that has quite good uh, hoof health overall, is it zeros and ones that you're looking for across the board? That would be correct. Like, And um, the herd here actually where I'm based in, in Kildalton, like they, they have a very good policy, like they would intervene very early. Like, so there'd be literally no cows uh, at, at tree, like, and... Um, quite few at, at, at two, like so. Um, I think if farmers got in on this over time, they'd obviously um, build up and reduce the score so that over time they could expect to bring, bring the, the herd down to zero and one by and large. Looking then to, I guess, the common uh, sources of lameness at this time of year, you mentioned white line disease. Um, you know, is that something that you would see more in the second half of the year? And what other, um, I guess, incidents of lameness or types of lameness would be evident from now till the end of lactation? Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, white line is, is the most common. Um, sole ulcers uh, um, are, are quite common as well. And then depending on the herd, like that mortal arrow is, is, is uh, all too common out there. Like, and, um, you know, it's associated, I suppose, with, with wetness and with, with murky conditions. So, and, um, you know, it, it's a big issue on, on some farms and, you know, some farmers would try and get on top of it and stay on top of it so that it doesn't um, cause them losses as, as such. So, um, so they're the, the, main, the main issues, really, I think, that, that are out there. Like, and, and, and looking to treatment, Tom, like, should farmers be lifting um, hoofs of cows that are showing signs of lameness or who are, I guess, um, you know, severely lame? Or are you looking at, you know, I suppose, going straight to an expert in a, a hoof pairer or vet? Yeah, I think for the vast majority of farmers, they should really engage with, with a, a hoof care specialist um, because like, you know, the, the herd sizes are getting bigger. Like there's a lot, farmers have a lot to, to do and to contend with. And maybe in the past, um, farmers tried to be the jack of all trades and to do everything. But like, it's probably much better, I think, really to get in, especially somebody that's doing it every day. Like, and, and some of these hoof care practitioners are they're expert at their job. Like they've an awful lot of experience. Like, and it's very difficult for the individual farmer to have that level of competence because they're simply not doing it often enough. So I think by and large, just ring ring uh, your hoof care specialist as as soon as um, you know one or two cows get lame. The last thing they want is you know for you to be ringing ringing them up when. Um, 12 or 15 cows are lame and said, how soon can you come to me? Like, uh, because that's a sign that you're not really on top of the game. Like, and that's you. So you, it's much better to ring them a bit earlier and stay on, on top of it and, uh, and s- s- prevent a big problem building up really. Based on, um, you know, the treatment, I mean, that, that can be prescribed by the, the hoof, per, hoof care specialist, as you mentioned. But, um, you know, some farmers are engaging in regular uh, foot bathing. And also some farmers will actively trim hoofs um, annually. Are those things that you would recommend or are they unnecessary tasks? Yeah, I think um, it's it's a little farm specific, like um, in, I know in the, in the Kildartan herd here, like um, they're not really into um, foot bathing. Like it's a number of years since they have uh, foot bathed. But, um, you know, I think they... Um, Early detection and early treatment, I suppose, is the is the big um, is, the, is my big recommendation. Um, and like, if you can, um, you know, t- treat treat the uh, kind of acute cases and then the chronic cases. Treat those cows. And um, if you can move up the line, then and treat cows where the hooves, the toes are getting long, and that that will help them to stand maybe. Uh, a bit, bit further back on the hoofs so that you're you're preventing the problem from arising then maybe a, a number of months later. So it's I suppose it's a progressive course of action like um in, in terms of um dealing with the more severe uh, cases first and then progressing from there. And it kind of it's a, it's a little dependent on you know some farms there's an awful lot of walking involved so it's crucial for them to do you know, to pair and to examine all the cows so that they, they have to do a lot of preventative work. But other farmers maybe 
it, it's not as critical because the um, pressures on, on cows' feet are not as severe uh, as, as I see it. And you make reference to chronic cases. Um, like, have have you an idea in your mind, Tom, as to you know where a farmer would make a call on, I suppose, uh, treating a reoccurring case of lameness in a cow, or whether it's more appropriate to call that cow? Yeah, I suppose um, we have to ask ourselves like um, if there is a lot of recurring lameness. Why is it happening? Like, if is there something um, wrong with the surface of roadways? And um, are we giving cows a chance to recover? Like, there's not much point, like, in, in um, getting a hoof treated and um, expecting the cow to walk the same distance, maybe uh, two kilometers or whatever, twice a day. You know, what I mean, we have to be reasonable with, 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 with cows, like, and uh, put them into a paddock near the yard so that there's some chance of, of recovering and fully recovering so that there's less risk then that the lameness would, would recur. Like, um, you know, I suppose a cow in, in, you know, a fourth or fifth lactation that is severely lame, um, you know, you treat her differently maybe than a younger animal that, that has um, a, a case of acute lameness. So um, you, you, may, you may look at calling the cow the older cow because, you know, if she can't compete in the house in the common winter for feed and that, and uh, you know her condition is likely to, to suffer, um, and uh, you'll have more knock-on problems then from there, like with downer cows and, and all of that. So we have to try and make life as easy as possible for the, both the cow and, and and yourself, the farmer, in, in terms of um, health and issues that might arise um, following on from them, as it were. And and Tom. Cow flow um, has has been shown to have a, a link with, you know, healthy hooves or, you know, a lack of lameness on farms. From your perspective, what are your key recommendations for cows moving from the paddock to the parlour? You know, what are the key areas people need to re- remind themselves of and be aware of? The big thing, like, to resist the temptation to, to rush cows, like if they're walking slowly, there might be a reason for it. Um, Obviously, if you prevent lameness, like it, they, they will move faster. So that's um, a follow on from that. But like, um, not to rush cows with, with quads or dogs. Um, then, you know, to look at the entrance and exit from paddocks, that um, if they are mucky, maybe to open a, a separate um, exit. Like, I would like, you know, that cows obviously have to exit on the corner nearest the yard, but they can certainly enter a, a paddock, um, you know, further away from, from that um, exit so that they're, they're using different points. So that'll help to preserve the uh, access points over time, but it can wear down over, over many years. Um, and then, um, really then it's, it's about, um, you know, looking at any pinch points, it might be sharp corners, any place where cows would slow down, it might be due to a, a mucky area, or maybe just simply just stones on the surface that need to be removed or you need to upgrade the surface um, uh, with, with dust. But, uh, and on some farms, like after 10 or 15 years, like you may need a major upgrade of, of the roadway or sections of the roadway. And I see a, a lot of farmers would do a section of the roadway and um, maybe every year or every second year so that they keep keep it up to up to a good good standard.
a lot of farmers would comment, uh, Tom, that they're using some some technology such as the bat latch and that has, I guess, um, removed that temptation that you talk about in terms of rushing cows. So, you know, a lot of cows are, I suppose, volunteering themselves for, um, you know, the milking, um, you know, earlier than the milking time. So I, I suppose essentially they're moving at their own pace. Uh, and I look, I suppose it's controversial as the year moves on because cows do get lazy and they're less inclined to move. Um, you mentioned um, entry and exit points to paddocks um, and, you know, they, they do wear down over years and the entrance uh, or the exit point can be mucky, you know, have you any other solutions besides um, letting the cows enter a paddock at a different uh, stage in the along the roadway um, or, or is it just multiple gaps is, is the solution for that? Yeah, well, I think um, uh, extending the um, roadway into that kind of area, like so that you have a solid surface um, that cows can walk on, like, it's rather like the area around water troughs should be the same as the road surface. Like it should, it should be able to bear the weight of animals in continuous use. So, like, um, really, so extending, um, you know, the the roadway uh, uh, in, into the entrance a small bit would would help to um, can alleviate that problem because, um, um, you know, the the bearing capacity of soil varies like so on some on some farms you have good strong soil that will take a lot of uh, treading but on others um, it, it just won't stand up to you know maybe a herd of 100 or 200 cows uh, trekking in and out over many years so you, you just have to maybe look at putting a kind of roadway type uh, surface in, into the uh, gaps and it's it's really important I suppose too that you know, with mucky gaps, you'll, you'll have muck dragged into onto grass as well, and that obviously which affects grass utilization. So it, there's there's a number of uh, impacts from having bad bad gaps. And finally, then Tom, if we consider um, the overall health and welfare of the cow, um, while it is a, a bit off just yet, um, you know, we won't feel um, the late autumn and winter period. Um, uh, coming upon us, um, if we consider the winter housing requirements, what would you recommend? And and I guess what are the regulatory requirements for dairy farms? Yeah, we, we have to provide a cubicle for each cow, like, um, and we have to acknowledge like cows work very hard all year, like so we can't compromise, even though they're they're just inside maybe for um, four months or or less in, on on a lot of farms. We just have to give them a bit of comfort because they're going to work hard for you uh, all of next year. So, um, so really, like in in a new building, I like that all cows can feed together, uh, so that there's no crushing at the feed barrier. Because like if there's crushing at the feed barrier, like there's more pressure on feet, there's more pressure on internal organs, and even you know the calf in the room can come under some pressure. So, uh, plenty of feed space. Um, all cows should be able to lie down together in comfort. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for plenty of slurry storage as well. So there's, there's a lot of things come into play. So throughout our conversation, Tom, you have highlighted some of the key areas to encourage and promote health um, and welfare, high welfare standards in dairy cows. 
What is the ultimate benefit of doing this? The real benefit from doing all of this is getting a higher or longer productive life from um, our cows. Like the national average completed lactations is, is under four. Uh, we could and we should be able to raise that to five. Like the genetics is pretty good now, but I think um, you know, with improvement in facil- facilities and in kind of early intervention, we should be able to get longer life from our cows. And in that way, then you'll have higher milk yield and you'll have a lower replacement rate. And that would be worth about 100 euro per cow by adding one extra lactation uh, to, to each cow in the herd. So there is a massive benefit there. Like, and it will he- help us in terms of, you know, obviously our sustainability in terms of the number of animals to produce this, the same output and, and so forth. And I think that that um, that 100 euro, you know, it is a big figure. And when we look at it across a, ho- a whole herd, you know, for the people listening in today, when they, I suppose, add that up and multiply it across the whole herd, it, you know, it's huge money that can be retained in terms of profit on the farm. Um, and, and it makes sense, you know, these you know mature cows have that higher yield and also you require less replacements on farm. Thank you, Tom. T- thank you very much, Emily. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Tom Fallon for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.